I, no, I'll tell you later. It's okay. Oh God, is it something? Where, where, where's the body buried? I thought I was going to hear the secret. Finally, you're going to tell Man, me. I was just going to unburden my whole soul, and now we're live to the internet, so I, I'm going to have to leave it until the end of the show, unfortunately. Oh, no, all good. I've actually ordered a mic as well, so uh, guys have been complaining a bit about shitty audio quality. You'll be impressed that Tusk has, ordered, Tusk has, has been technical and ordered a, I think it's called an ice ball. Um, is, it, is it a travel one? Or is it just one that... It's just on Amazon. It's like the the ones that they always bang on about are something like blue something or other. And then yeah, there's another one called Ice Ball, which is more circular. But you plug it directly into your Mac. It looks quite good. It's only 60 quid. So hopefully yeah. I'll be running some streams from that, and that will improve the audio quality. But uh, is, is, is the picture okay on my side? Because it's okay your side. Yeah, your picture's uh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty sharp. Cool. So tell us about Bergheim. What were you wearing on Friday night when the when the tassie bouncer let you in and crawled around with a lollipop in your mouth? That's leather leather lederhosen, of course. <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, I'm in Berlin. Um, as people on my channel will, if they're watching my channel, will know because I've been chatting about it the last couple of days. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, no fun and games really because we're actually under a stricter lockdown here. Than the UK is. So people might think, well, why the hell are you there? Um, the answer is I had to come over here to do some some business related stuff. So I am actually here for work, like genuinely. And uh, I, I, but the thing is, right, I didn't expect the, the trip to be any fun at all because I thought, well, well, geez, you know, it's leaving London, which is finally starting to open up, going to a country that's locked down, locked down even more. Um, it, it's going to be rubbish, but I'm just going to have to do it to sort a few things out. Actually, I have to say the vibe on the streets is is pretty good. Um, there's a lot of people out and about. A little bit of spring weather starting to come through now. Coffee shops are open for takeout, so people are kind of getting coffees. They're going out in the street and stuff like that. So the actual atmosphere here is is, is quite good. But unfortunately, all of the fun stuff is closed. So no Berghain, no naughty clubs, uh, no techno dives, no bars or anything at the moment. But apparently restaurants are going to open quite soon. So hopefully the, the end's in sight over here. Yeah, it sounds very un-German and unefficient, their whole handling of this process. I don't want to get into a political debate, but it seems very strange that the Germans have really have, have fucked this up almost more than the English, which I find incredulous. Mm. You'd expect the Germans to be on the ball, literally a massive work. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? I think from what I'm hearing, they're speeding up now. Uh, I know there's a girl over here that, um, I know or knew from a few years back, I'm in contact with her and she was telling me, and she's in her 30s, I think, and she was telling me that she's had her jab now. So I think they are speeding it up in terms of the vaccinations. And uh, yeah, the, the idea is that restaurants are going to open quite soon, probably outside of bars and things like that. And, you know, hopefully the rest will follow. But London, on on the other hand, you know, I left London and last weekend when I was there, that was pretty rocking over there. Uh, so we're quite fortunate in the UK at the moment. Yeah. that's uh, So today, me and Mr. Francis are going to be talking about travel. Um, we've got a lot of decent points to cover. Obviously, load up questions in the chat. Um, we'll be going through them. Let's just kick off with a controversial one, just because it's fun. Mr. Boss says, Tusk is a good-looking tall white guy, born in Hong Kong, may I add, so technically Chinese. Replace every single one of Tusk's approaches with a five-foot-ball Chinese guy. <laughs> Why does he have to be bald? Why can't he just be a five foot Chinese guy? You think the result would be channel, actually? It'd be good if somebody did that. They could do like a sort of um it'd almost be like a tribute channel. 
but you'd have this bald five foot Chinese guy and he just recreate all of your approaches over the years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like a parody um, channel. Uh, there's so many nuances here. And um, look, if you are a good looking dude, right? Okay, so let's talk about the difference in good looking and looking good. Good looking is facially, I guess, you know, you look quite nice. Good being good, that's that, that's good looking. Looking good is where you max out, you, so you, your face is a part of it, so you max out your facial hair, your, your haircut, your style, your grooming, your fashion, you get in shape at the gym, right? All those factors. Really, what you're, uh, I mean, it's gonna give you some. It's gonna give you some leeway on the open. Don't get me wrong. There are women that check me out, and when I go up and speak to them, it's already game on. But mm. it's all a personal nuance here because are these the women that I really want to be getting with? Because you've got to play your own hand, right? You max about your own hand. I'd argue no. If you put me down as a male eight looks wise, pretty much all my OIs come from women who are less than an eight. Right, and I still have leeway to fuck it up because if I go up there and I've got nothing going on, women expect me to to have a really good game because I'm tall and decent looking. So yeah. I fuck up many an opportunity by not having that. Um, but again, it's all relative. Like you know, I always use this example. But if you put me into like a Victoria Secret fashion show, do you really think I'm going to be banging the, the Victoria Secret models just because I've got a relatively decent face and I'm tall? I mean, it, it's so. I think it's just. Um, there's this concept black pill theory, isn't it, these days, where it's yeah. only about looks. Is it? Is that correct? Is it only about looks or is yeah. it other things? Status? Yeah. Looks, money, status. They, they all play a role. Um, everything plays a role. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, Troy? You can definitely mess it up, even if the looks box is, is ticked. And... For myself, I would say there's been situations where a girl has given me very strong indicators of interest. I, I'm thinking of a couple of incidents in particular where, you know, the girl was obviously interested. She saw me across the bar or the, the you know, the club or whatever it was. Our eyes met um, and it was pretty clear she was into me. I would go over and start to, to talk to her. The approach was very warm. You know, she, she welcomed the approach because she was interested in me. So, you know. The looks part of the equation, the box was ticked, you know, from the off because she was just into me. I was just her type. OK. And then I've messed it up because my chat was rubbish. And I remember one time in particular, I went out for drinks with some people. There was this girl there. She clearly liked me. I started talking to her. My chat was terrible. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I was in a bad mood, whatever. And um, you could see the look of disappointment in her face. You could just see her face falling and just sort of like, oh, right. Oh, Okay. And the attraction just died. And then gallingly later in the night, some other dude came in and she starts chatting to him and um, they're probably living happy ever after in suburbia now, you know, so um, the, the so, so looks can open the door, but you've got to have something to back it up. Otherwise, it can fall flat. There has to be inherent value there. And I've taken out very good looking guys who it's great, you know, the women's eyes light up at the beginning. You know, I remember six yeah. foot three Italian banker who I took, I took out in London, very good looking guy. And women's yeah. eyes would light up, but then they, he wasn't that confident. He didn't know what he was doing. And the, the, the attraction would just kind of vapor away. Um, I, these comparisons are stupid. Like, if you put me, if you replaced me with a six foot five, absolutely stacked, ripped guy who used to be on Gladiators, who's going to get more attention down the street? So these comparisons yeah. are so stupid. Well, this it's is like, this, yeah, Sorry, this is the other thing. 
sorry. This is the no, other no, thing. No. About, this is the other thing about this kind of of comment, which is slightly disingenuous because this isn't a, a zero sum game. People will say things like, "Well, Troy, if I was to take your advice." Um, or if you walked into the bar and there was a six foot seven Chad with a you know with a, a cut glass jawline and you know an eight pack and all the rest of it, are you are you seriously saying that with your you know your techniques or whatever you would be able to get the girl over him? And the answer to that is uh, is no, of course not. Probably you know almost certainly not. But that's not really the point of this. The point of this isn't could I beat a hypothetical guy in some hypothetical situation that's never going to happen. The point about this for me has always been, how can I improve my options? How can I improve the sort of standards that I can get within my own life? You know, I don't see myself as competing with anybody. Of course, I realistically, I am, because we're all competing in the sexual marketplace. But, you know, I'm not thinking, can I do better than this hypothetical Chad who lives down the road? I'm just thinking, can I get better than I... I got yesterday. Can I get better than I got the day before? And I think that's the thing we need to concentrate on. Completely agree. Um, also, tell me because my reception bar looks low. Tell me if it goes fuzzy on my screen or if it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully, it won't, be, it won't be anything near Mexico standards, which we had, where I just had to sit in the corner, not wanking, uh, with a black screen on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, I agree. You, you, are you are you better than you were? you know, last week, you're 1% better. As you said, you're not competing against anyone else in this life other than you, and to compare yourselves to other people is ridiculous because you're all completely different people, different stages of life, different interests, different hobbies. What you need to be doing is thinking, right, I need to max myself out. This short existence, this one in 400 trillion shot, that's of you being alive. Scientists jokingly calculated, but it's quite a fun stat to know. That, how can I max that out? Because, yeah, as we've said before, I mean, it's nice to think you're going to get reincarnated as something cool like a tampon or something, but you're not. Probably. You're going to be rotting six feet under with worms crawling out of your eyes, or you're going to be incinerated into nothing. Mm. So why not, instead of sitting online comparing yourself to people, fucking, fucking try and max your, your own shit out? And, and that's why I hate – it's just – I guess the longer we do this, the more we just find these kind of comments funny because they're just so ridiculous, aren't they? It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It, it just it just doesn't really have any bearing on the reality of learning the skill set. And the other thing as well is that the point of, of game and the point of day game in particular is that it really opens out your, your options. The whole point, actually, of learning this stuff, these dynamics, in my view, is so that you don't just have to fall into a hierarchy. Because what, what happens with most guys is that they will double at work and they will be the, you know, the fourth best looking guy in the office and the best looking guy in the office will you know will clean up will get all of the female attention maybe the second best looking guy and this guy will be somewhere down the pecking order so and i'm using work as an example given that most people apparently still meet at work when they get together as partners so um that guy is going to get what he's allocated within that hierarchy so he's going to get the fourth or fifth best looking most attractive woman or most high value woman in the in the organization as opposed to the, the the highest value woman but that's because he's just sat there in the hierarchy and accepted what's been doled out to him game and day game is different because you don't accept the hierarchy you say you you become like an entrepreneur in the dating market you say i'm going to go out there and i'm going to create opportunities for myself i'm going to approach women that i would never otherwise have met and i'm going to see what i can do to get more than perhaps would have been my natural share in the market if I hadn't have taken these actions. 
yeah and it's it's a brilliant way to live life to travel to date on your own terms to, to know you can touch down from a plane and within a few days meet and date some smokers it's a very empowering skill set um as a good looking guy i can guarantee you tinder is a shit waste of time i've probably spent about a thousand hours swiping on tinder guess how many dates have gone on with hot women three imagine mm -hmm. if i'd used those thousand hours to go and practice my social skills how much more of a sociably intelligent human being i would be get off tinder it's a business it's not going to solve your problems and that includes all dating apps uh coolpot mm -hmm. says always been tempted to go to russia good because me and troy are going to be there in july i've applied for my visa today very happy should come back in a few weeks we're both going to have our 12 month visa and we're going to fuck off in july we're going to go to sochi we're going to run a boot camp there the russian ibiza we're going to go to st petersburg which is kind of the chilled more european version of moscow people are very friendly uh, crazy nightlife scene as well and we're going to go to, to to the big one moscow where some of the world's hottest women are and we're going to film it all on my little dji camera vlog it all and release it as really cool content which should be fun um i'm looking forward to it so if you're interested in getting in touch about moscow email myself or troy i'll leave the details below um we're probably going to take four people in each location for boot camp we've got a few signed up already um and it'll be great to have you along um but yeah look to start getting your visa sorted russia we've got a contact on the ground don't we jonathan yeah he's saying basically it's kind of looks like it's game on now to get into russia yes apparently it is so brits can from, from now get into russia through a third country so for example i could now travel into russia from germany you can't travel directly from the uk i think well mainly because there aren't any direct flights but if you you've got to look on the list and see which countries are now able to enter Russia. Germany's one of them. There's a, about 20 or 22 others. Uh, and, and we can enter from that country. And this guy uh, that's on the ground there knows various British people or British passports who've now gone into Russia on a British passport through these countries. So that is, um, that's all working, which is great news. Great. Obviously, somewhere else, if you're from the US or something like that, um, I'm not quite sure what the arrangements are at the moment, but you know, obviously it's being updated all the time. Oh, how well me see you, and I think we'll work wise. Okay, on that note, we'll stop the questions for now. <laughs> We've <We'll move laughs> the travel stuff. So, Mr. Francis, without further ado, what should we start with on the travel thing? Actually, let me start with a very cool quote from a certain Mr. Mark Twain, who mm. some may have may may remember from a book called Huckleberry uh, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, uh, he, he rather. I think he wrote a few other famous ones, but his best quote is this. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade, winds in your sails, explore, dream, and discover. And he's right, because in life, the only things we're ever going to regret are the things we didn't do, not the things we did try. Uh, yeah. And relating that back to travel... I can say, you know, and, and guys tune in yesterday to, to, to have a check, uh, a look at the interview I did with Mr. Mark Zolo, Naughty Nomad. Some yeah. of the best experiences I've had and certainly he ha he's had have been on the road. There is nothing better than, than traveling with this stuff. But are there any particular angles we want to come at this topic from well, uh, today? Well, the thing that I was really interested in talking about actually came from when I was chatting with uh, Sam from Fluid Social. Uh, a week or so ago on that was a great chat i really hope we'll yeah. leave that below I really high i remember watching that drinking mescal and i was thinking this is fucking good because you guys yeah you went into detail on lots of really cool stuff uh, and then inspired me inspired me to have a drunken rant with yeah. myself on youtube which 
<laughs> which people. was also really good, which was also really entertaining. But no, thanks for that. Um, I appreciate that. It was, uh, he's a great guy. It turned out to be a really good conversation. Um, but one of the things we, we touched on, which I thought was interesting, was travel, but not so much the naughty nomads, all of the crazy destinations he's been to side of things, but more the positive psychological effects of travel and the way that travel can change your mindset. And mm -hmm. also as well, how it's not just when you go to the destination that it affects you, but also when you come back home again. Because I said to Sam, and this was a slightly, slightly challenging thing perhaps, because he obviously trains people out in Brazil. And I said, well, playing devil's advocate, if they come out to Brazil and they have a good time and they meet all these, these cool girls and who are very receptive to them, that's great. But what happens when you go back to Birmingham and it's raining and it's a Tuesday night? But the point that he made, and I agree with it, is that it's, it has a positive aura effect because your vibe is improved by the experiences that you've had. And so then when you're back in Birmingham, your energy is different and people respond to that in a different way. So I, was, I found that a really interesting sort of idea to talk around, um, like the beneficial aspects of, of travel over and above almost just having a cool time while you're there. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, I think so. I think that kind of... Uh how would you call it, that kind of momentum stays with you. I, I know it from, from going to Brazil and killing it there, then traveling back to Mexico. I was just super sociable, coming back to the UK now, continuing to just to feel good and feel sociable as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it just, when you travel and you, you learn to meet people on the road and you realize, I think it makes you realize everyone's the same, everyone's in kind of the same boat. Although we might yeah. walk into a bar in Mexico or Berlin thinking, oh, everyone knows each other. In reality, they don't. You yeah. know, they're all just human beings with their own hopes, fears, and goals, and, and and insecurities. And and the more you can, I think, the more you can travel, the more momentum you build, and the more the more just generally socially adjusted and calibrated and confident you become. So you know, I'm I'm actually kind of glad. I mean, I'm sitting obviously trapped in a commas <laughs> until Sunday for my day five test release happens in London. But after that, I'm super excited to get out of the streets of London because I know things are pretty much open, pretty much back to normal. I'm feeling yeah. good, feeling sociable. I'm feeling like I want to attack, not attack anyone. Not literally. <laughs> attack the social aspect of doing day game in London because I haven't actually done any day game properly yeah. here since November, that boot camp we ran together. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, that was one of the points actually we were going to go over. I mean, perhaps it's been done quite a lot already but I mean obviously we are in this very odd period at the moment aren't we for for travel and there's still a lot of annoying sort of restrictions and things in place um I was saying to the guys obviously you've just traveled back to London from mm -hmm. Mexico and I traveled from London just over to Europe so I'm in as I say in Berlin um and every country's got its own different like rules and regulations but certainly from a British perspective, they're not making it easy, are they, to, for anybody to go anywhere? I think it's almost an incentive, guys, for if you can get out of the UK, just get out. I'm not saying break the law, but find the loophole. Find someone working abroad who can maybe beckon you with a letter of you're working abroad or whatever your reason may be and get out of the UK and use the fact that make it very hard to get back into the UK as it stands to stay out of the UK, push yourself, get in touch with me and Troy, come and join us wherever we may be, whether it's in June in Turkey or whether it's July in Russia or Helsinki in August or Georgia in August, or get in touch with us and we'll put you in touch with wings in, in countries between us. We know 
thousands of people in thousands of different European spots doing day game. Lots of places very open at the moment, Serbia, Croatia, etc. As it stands, just to recap, so for me to get back into the UK, I had to do a PCR test before I got on the plane from Mexico within 72 hours, which cost me, you know, let's say 150 quid. I have to do a day two and day eight PCR tests in London, let's say another 200 quid, and then a day five test release to get out early, which is another 150 quid. I mean, that's nearly a fucking flight to Thailand, right? To then sit in my house. Fuck that for a laugh. So this will be the time I'm doing this. The only reason I'm doing it is to come back because I have a lot of life admin to sort out. Uh, Bank cards, you know, stuff like that, mobile phones, seeing my family because they want to check I'm alive every so often. But that's the only fucking reason. After this, once I leave kind of mid-June, I'll be charging off around Europe, you know, until September, late September. I won't be coming back. But use that as a reason to get out there and travel. There's never going to be a better time than this, is that when, as coronavirus starts to to release itself in in Europe, Troy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Um, We always talk about it, but girls are craving that interaction. Women are desperate for that male attention, for that male validation. We're thinking about it, again, from our point of view, being all nervous and, oh, we haven't approached anyone in a while. We're forgetting that women are craving that. They miss that interaction so much. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great summer for this, is all I can say. Yeah, it really is. Um, somebody said in the chat, Ivan says in the chat, all you have to do, I think, to leave the UK is to book a viewing of a property abroad to travel. And um, there is That's there cool. is truth in that. There is truth in that, actually, because if what you have to do is have a look at the exemptions. And there are a number of exemptions. There's quite a lot of exemptions, actually, including traveling for work. There is travel. And this is the reason that I travel, because I've actually got a property in Berlin. So I had to come over to... Um, you know, to attend to the property. I was seeing a real estate guy and stuff like this. So that was my official reason. I I could also have said I was coming on for work purposes, which is also true. Um, But there are are quite a number of exemptions. So have a look at those and you you will find a way. But crucially, I think what's going to happen anyway is from the 17th of May, they're going to lift the bat anyway. So I don't think this is going to be a problem for much longer. Um, so as far as I understand it, and obviously you have to check the wording when it, you know, after, after the 17th, but as far as I understand it, I think that leisure travel will be back on again from that point. Um, but then there's going to be various different ramifications for coming back in, you know, depending on the country, uh, you know, how much quarantine you're going to have to do and all of that. But I think the good news is it looks like they're opening it up again. So um, in, a, in a week or so, a couple of weeks, it's not going to be an issue anyway. If anyone has a link to, I used to have, I've forgotten it because I lost my other phone and I lost the conversations, but a couple of guys sent me a, basically it's a really cool uh, website with a world map, which is constantly being updated. It tells you exactly what the restrictions are in each country at one time. It shows green, orange, red. So if anyone has access to that listening to this, please post that in the chat or post it below in a comment. That'll be really That's helpful. Cool. I've yeah. got actually, I'll try and find it now actually, but I've got, there's a quite, it was not like a map, but there's a blog. Um, that updates with all of the restrictions on, which was quite good. I'll just see if I can grab it. While um, Troy's doing that, just to remind the guys, um, myself and Troy have got a couple of really cool guys helping out. One guy called Jerome, very successful guy, complete player, um, basically, just and a cool guy down to boot. He's going to be helping on the London boot camp, London, uh, May 20th to the 23rd. We've also got Martin, xdaygame.com guy, helping out. So four, student, four uh, coaches. We've got six guys signed up so far. We're going to take two more. If you're interested, get in touch, info at jamestuss.com or send Troy an email. 
It's £19.79 buy-in. It's 20 hours all-in-field day game a day. Five days, five hours Thursday, five hours uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Going to be really, really cool. Excited for it. A brilliant time to get back into this because, as everyone knows, London is fully open. People are raring to go. The weather's going to be perfect. Mm. Yeah, get in touch. It's going to be a blast. And it's probably one of the only London boot camps we're going to run together because the next stop after that is going to be Moscow in July. Again, get in touch if you're interested in working with me and Troy together in Moscow. We're going to be killing it. We know some really cool people on the ground. The legendary Mr. Kofi, the guy mm. in that case, will be in attendance. And also a very cool guy called John, English guy, speaks fluent Russian, who knows Moscow like the back of his hand, will be showing us around as well. So really cool group of guys there. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, any questions yeah. here? Moscow, uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg and Russia in general, I mean, fantastic country. And somebody asked earlier if it was my first trip. And no, it isn't. I've been quite a few times, actually, to, uh, well, I haven't been to Saki, but I've certainly been to Moscow and St. Petersburg a number of times. And um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, really fascinating country, very culturally different, obviously, you know, beautiful women there, etc. So yeah, for, I mean, amazing. And they're both... People were asking about the cities, and maybe we can go into this in a bit, but um, they are quite different, aren't they, the two cities? Sochi, it's, so Sochi, just to sum up, is kind of like the Russian Ibiza. You've got all the Instagram models down there. It's on the coast. It's basically a party destination. If you're down there with us, expect it to be very fast, kind of instant date-style stuff. Real focus on instant dates because girls are going to be there for, say, a long weekend. They're not in town forever. Um, they're there to have fun. They're, they're there to have fun. So, you know, John, our guy that we know there was saying, you know, he was standing there literally speaking in an English accent, loud English voice. And women were fucking interested because guess what? Basic sexual market economics. He's the only English guy there because typically the tourists are either Russian or former Soviet Union, but mostly Russian. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Expect stunners, expect party atmosphere, expect kind of pulling from bars, you know, pulling from the beach in the daytime, lots of fast instant date stuff. St. Petersburg, a bit more European feel than Moscow, I yeah. think. Um, mm. People very friendly. You can play off the stereotype. You just come from Moscow and you think St. Petersburg people are a lot more friendly. They love that because they don't like Moscow, people, Moscovites, and they like yeah. to say that we're the friendly ones, right? So yeah. quality, not as high as Moscow, but a lot more friendly, quite easy to get laid if you push yourself. Yeah. Moscow, the creme de la creme, but a big variance. You have the mega wealthy, the mega poor. It's the only city I've ever seen where you have a babushka dying on the street holding a mouldy loaf of bread, and then you see an absolute 10 walk past her, and you're just kind of like, what a contradiction. But also just a very cool place to go. I think it should be in everyone man's bucket list because it has things like the Kremlin. It has stunning architecture. It has mm. the underground system, which is crazy because it's so yeah. like, it looks like a fucking palace. Yeah, um, and the installations are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, crazy stuff. And also just a very fun place to go. Russian women love to date. It's going to be quite mm. easy to get on dates there. You're going to get some quite harsh blowouts, but if you can get into the conversation with a girl, it's quite easy to get a phone number and it's quite easy to get on a date. Uh, the game is played on the dates because women will come out to practice their English and then it's about how strong is your frame putting across, hey, I'm not here to be A, your fucking you know, financial provider and B, not your English teacher. I'm here because I think you're hot. Mm. So that's where your real date game skills are tested. So anyone who's thinks they've got the approaching down that wants to really tune up their date game and, and use it on some of the world's hottest women, this Russia is the location to come. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Because the girls are quite, um, how can I put it? They are, are expert game players themselves. You know, they are very worthy combatants you know and so you can be on the date and she's 
No, I don't even necessarily. I don't mean in a bitchy way necessarily. Although obviously sometimes that might happen. But you know, you can have a girl who's who's got a lot of spirit and very feisty, and you, 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 there's a there's a nice vibe to it. It's a lot of fun, you know. And dating, I think as well, dating in a foreign country is just it's just really fun, isn't it? You know, when you think about the normal tourist experience, you're you know people are sitting on a like I don't know, they're going on a trip. They go on a day trip to look at a lake or a castle or something, and you know they're not really. When you date in a foreign country, you are really experiencing the culture in that country in a way that people otherwise can't really. You, you know what I mean? And that's another aspect, perhaps, of this that we we take for granted a little bit. Mm, I agree, and and a brilliant way to actually see the city and something I often do if I'm on my own is I'll build a a map on Google Maps and I'll include in it. A cool coffee shop, I want to see a place of interest, like a museum or a, you know, an artifact or something like that. Somewhere I'd want to eat lunch, maybe some sort yeah. of park, a busy, busy shopping centre. Build that onto a Google Map and just walk that map. And so you're actually yeah. seeing that city at the same time as then potentially gaming girls. And as you as you go along, you stop the girl. She's like, "What are you doing?" You just say, "Oh, I'm actually seeing all this tourist shit." And sometimes what they do is they'll just join for ten minutes. So it's mm. a cool way of doing it. Um, that's definitely something we can do with students as well. Um, but yeah, dating dating overseas, I love it because it, you know I know that I'm not there from there. So when I go yeah. on that date, I've got this very one track mind that I want to get physical with this girl and I'm going to go for it. I've got my condom yeah. in my pocket to remind me, and I'm going on the date and I'm going to be like, right, it's fucking game on. I'm going to set the date up near my house, and I'm just going to go for it. And I know that it's you know the the, the, the greatest you know greatest thing working against you is always time and a location. You know, because mm. we'd say get to Moscow for ten days, so we're mm. approaching half the first few days, and we're starting to line up dates. Um, time is not on your side, but you use that kind of um, that death, that kind of sense of urgency. You know, that natural urgency for your benefit, which is okay. Well, I'm going to move to St. Petersburg. I've got to make this happen, and mm. it, it drives you. You know, when you often when you sit in a city maybe for a bit longer, you kind of take your foot off the gas, don't you? Because you know you, you kind of yeah. technically have to, but. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I love about traveling places for a week or 10 days is, is you're up against it. It's kind of like, mm. let's challenge yourself to make something happen. And then, then often you pull out your best kind of, uh, your best stuff when your back's against the wall in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes as well, um, I don't know if this is, this is, no, it's not actually. You know, Tom Torero used to talk about the royal flush. This isn't quite that. But sometimes a sense of urgency can actually work in your favor because, you know, you might be in a situation with a girl and you're out on a date and it's, you know, the afternoon and you're saying, well, listen, why don't you come back? You know, I'm just staying over there. Why don't you come back and see the apartment? Blah, blah, blah. We can hang out. And she might be saying, well, I don't, I don't know and everything. And then you can just say, listen, I'm tomorrow. I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting on a plane at five in the morning and that's it. I'm gone. And, you know, I'll, I don't know when I'm going to be back. And sometimes that can actually play in your favor. Um, that, that sense of urgency, you know? I think definitely, um, definitely 100%. And, and I have to be told women that I'm only in town for, you know, a few days. I actually bring that 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 time period forward. Even when I was living in London, day gaming, living in London, I'd often mm. stop and go, they are, oh, I've got, only got a few days left before I go. And they're like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I don't live here. And I fucking did live here. They'd walk into yeah. the flat and I'm like, but you live yeah. here? And I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> but you create that sense of urgency from the off and it's like well if they want to buy into that frame they do and if they don't it's okay yeah um, but you can make some crazy stuff happen it's, like super... classic, it's just a classic sales technique isn't it you know it's it's, it's urgency it's like right you uh, this is closing in two days so you've got to buy now kind of thing it's 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 literally just that isn't it but it's amazing how these psychological 
triggers just work in a sort of sales situation, but also very much in a dating situation as well. The most exciting part for me as well is going to be using this ca this small camera we've got um, and doing it more yeah. vlogging style, so the girls can clearly see we're doing kind of touristy stuff, and they're yeah. like, oh, they're coming into the camera, so it's not sneaky, it's not doing yeah. in fear. Blending that in, that's going to be super interesting because it's going to show you the guys that can't make it out with us what Moscow's actually like, what St. Petersburg's actually like, and kind of, yeah, what to expect from these places because they're, they're fascinating like places visually. They are, and just... I mean, I know people talk about going to um, Asia and how culturally different that is and everything. And obviously that's true. But someone like Russia, four hours away from, if you're in Britain, four hours away from London on a plane to get to Moscow. And culturally, it is very, very different. It really is. I mean, OK, yes, you've got your H&M, you've got your Zara, you've got your Starbucks, all that kind of stuff. But the way that the people are, the attitudes that the people have... Um, it's a, it's just fascinating how how different it is. While still being recognisable, but it's 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 a different kettle of fish to places like England and America for sure. Then we'll uh, we'll just answer Arsene Simi's question, um, and then we'll, we'll move on. How long do you think COVID will play on the psychological apprehensiveness now ingrained in us, particularly in respect to the approach in the sense of close contact, social touching, leaning in, etc.? Well, for me, zero at all because I haven't really spent any time in lockdown. And again, like if you are sitting in London, you're you're asking this question in London. Why are you sitting there not doing something when London, has, as far as I know, has been kind of open for at least a month now, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, for, as far as the, the bars and the, you know, the biggest change was the bars and the outside restaurants and stuff, which has been about, I think, two weeks. But to be honest, there's been a lot of people around even before that. You know, you could definitely, it was definitely fertile for approach a month a month and a half ago you know so sure so basically just yeah forget about dwelling on these kind of aspects it's time to just get on with it now yes of course if you haven't touched a woman in, in eight months you're going to feel weird doing it of course does he mean but, also from the the female's point of view though because is he is he saying are women going to be apprehensive about being approached because of covid I don't think so. I don't think women give a fucking monkeys. I think the the, the, the women I speak to just desperately want to get on dates and get laid, quite honestly. They yeah. I, you know, you're going to get a range of opinions. There's probably going to be, a, obviously, there's going to be a few outliers who have maybe have got a greater concern about it. But I think for the most part, people are just like, they're over it now. They just want to get on with life. You know? People want to get on with it. They realize, yeah, look, let's not undermine, you know, people that have been affected. Obviously, it's very sad. Um, and yeah, there's nothing we can do there. But from your own point of view, I'm assuming you're watching this, you're healthy, um, you're thinking about getting into the approaching. If you can't kickstart yourself, then get in touch with me or Mr. Francis, and we will do that for you. Simon Thompson says, would you both agree that it's black pill to keep comparing yourself to other, other men constantly? It can't be healthy. So it's another contradiction like many in, in game and in life, I guess. There is that element of, yes, you do need to compare yourself somewhat to see what other people are doing, but you don't want to be living your life in a comparison to other people, do you? It's more about, are you better than you were, you know, last week? Well, yeah, you've got to accept the cards. Okay, right, I'm going to say two contradictory things here. You've got to, you've got to be constantly self-improving, but also to some degree you've got to accept the cards that you've been dealt on that particular day. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. So on this particular day, am I the best looking person in this city? No. Am I the tallest guy in this city? No. Uh, am I the richest guy in this city? No. 
So, you know, that that's just the way things are. Now, perhaps some of those things I could change over time, uh, hype a little bit more difficult, although possible, as, as you're, uh, the guy you know has proven. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see him. He started as, you know, American viewers, not, oh no, sorry, not American viewers, metric viewers that will be different. So if you are French, for example, but in our terminology, the, the weird English blending imperial with metric as we do, using miles an hour, but then also using kilos for no apparent reason, blending both worlds. He started as five foot nine. He's now six foot two. I'm a, I'm just under six foot one. So when he when I saw Bow before, he's he's coming up to kind of there on me. Now he's going to be there when I next see him, which is fucking weird. And he's had his leg surgery, so he broke both uh, break both I legs. I might just get so, it all as we go further down the road. Just get just get everything done. Sort of this Michael Jackson s kind of uh, character still trying to do game, at, you know. Um, <laughs> but. Um, what was, what was I saying? So, um, so, so, yeah, you know. So, so, what, what is the hand that you've got today? Okay, you're not, you're not necessarily the best looking dude on, on in the city where you are. Not the richest, but fine. Okay, that's that's all fine. Still, you want to go out there and play the game. So, still, my attitude is okay. Well, given all of that, what is the best outcome that I can get for myself today, anyway? And how is the, what is the best means to achieve that? Well, the advantage that you have doing direct approach and daytime approach is that you are massively pushing the odds in your favor you know because if i was just wandering around not doing it never doing anything proactive not making any approaches and waiting to be chosen then then yes you know that without a doubt there would be people higher up in the, pe the pecking order who would doubtless get picked before me but instead if you take a proactive attitude and you say right what can i as i say it's like being an entrepreneur it's like saying okay that there's the market what can i what can I get? You know, maybe, okay, maybe I can't make the profits that, you know, Apple is making or that Facebook is making, but I can still make something, you know, I can still improve my lot. And I think that's the attitude. That's the attitude I like to take to it. Black pill, just to be clear, because I'm, I'm intrigued by this as well, because a lot of people, it suddenly became a thing, didn't it? Oh, black pill now. Is it basically saying looks, money, status? There's no such thing as gain. Is, is well, that what it essentially says? I mean, from what I understand, it's it is very, very much about looks. You know, they are obsessed with looks, and you get you've got people who do whole channels talking about the exact facial proportions that a guy should have in order to be, you know, to be deemed good looking, and therefore, you know, and the height and all the rest of it. So they've got this idea of a the perfect guy, which is all slightly kind of an odd thing to fixate on, really, when you think about it. But anyway, this is what they talk about, and it, they basically say, look, if you're not that you might as well give up. And they, they say it's it's over a lot. You know, basically it's over, give up, you know, just do something else. So that's their attitude. Where the status and the money comes in, I'm not quite sure because when sometimes if you get into an argument with these people and you say, okay, but what about this guy who's made a lot of money and look at his beautiful young wife? And they sort of say, and they don't, they, they can never really come back on that because, okay, you could argue, well, looks, there's a finite amount you can do to, you know, you can do stuff, but but it's sort of limited in terms of what you can do with your basic looks. But, you know, everybody's got the chance to go out there and make money. Everybody's got the chance to go out there and make an impact in the world so that their status increases, right? Um, so surely those, and those things do override looks. We know that. But these black pill people, I think the, the thinking's a little bit, they're so focused on looks that I think that's their main thing, as far as I understand it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's almost like men fixate on things 
about other men that women don't actually give a fuck about. Like women think that men really like size zero women. We don't like fucking size zero women, but it's the flip side to that. Like men are worrying about like rippling eight pack abs and most women couldn't give a monkeys. They're almost as happy with a fucking almost slim dad bod. They couldn't, it's, it's, it's about charm. It's about social skills, isn't it? To a large degree. Yeah, I, I really think it is. And I think that social skills is a, a way to demonstrate status. I was just, I've just been writing a thing for this new program that I'm putting together at the moment. And, um, and I think that if you've got looks, money, status, well, obviously, really, the one that overrides all of them is status. Because if you've got Ed Sheeran, who's, let's face it, not the, the best looking guy in the world, but he's got status through his fame, he's going to be able to, you know, to, to, to get some action, as it were. Um, then how do you communicate status in an interaction? Well, one way of doing it is by showing out pictures of your Lambo on Instagram and putting your car keys down on the table and say, talking about your big houses and things like that. But that's a very tacky way to do it. And a lot of girls, some girls are going to buy into that, but a lot of girls aren't. So putting aside just boasting, how do you demonstrate status? Well, the way that you demonstrate status is to be impressive or at least um at least to be competent socially if you can command the attention of the woman that you're talking to perhaps the attention of her friends maybe some other people around that in itself communicates status she sees you as high status she's more attracted to you as a result so i think that that stuff and you could call it charisma you could call it conversation skills you know whatever it is game essentially that is a way to increase your status in the eyes of the women that you are coming into contact with without boasting and you know having to become a plastic millionaire yeah that's a good point um yeah I, again I, I keep banging on about this book but i think the the book by mark manson models he, he talks about it very well and he kind of i can't remember the exact argument he uses but he's basically saying yeah max out every area uh, but within you know yeah max out every area is what he's saying you know try and try and make them the best of every area yes it's gonna if you are a good looking guy or you you look shit hot your fashion's on point you've got a you know good abs got a low body fat percentage this is all this is all going to help because it's, it's it shows self-respect as much as anything uh, it's about how you see yourself as well that's such a big deal like i always use this example of the guy from Nottingham uni who is here above me he had alopecia right so he looked like humpty dumpty there was not a hair on his head but he pulled like the hottest women because his attitude yeah. was like, I'm a fucking boss. I don't give a shit. And these women literally flocked to him. I mean, he was not good looking. He wasn't even remotely in good shape. He looked like Matt Lucas when he used to play the drum set in the corner of the Jonathan Ross show. But yeah. he was killing I mean, that's just a great two-fingered salute to everyone that thinks it's about looks. And again, from my point of view, I can guarantee you, um, when I was, before I learned this shit, I wasn't getting laid. I had fucked a fair few women probably about 50 before the age of 27 getting into this, but I can guarantee you most of them were ripe for the mozzarella farm. They were buffalo. <laughs> you know? So, I tend to, you know. I, in my general observation from just being out and about, it seems to me that the guys who get the most um, attention and the most success seem to be the guys who are the most proactive, really. Um, and I'm not even talking about people who are, doing game i'm just if you go to a bar and you just observe the people around you then sometimes you will see good looking guys who are there but are either a bit shy or they feel that they don't have to do very much and maybe they're standing around by the side of you know with their drinks and they're sort of 
scanning the room and they're not really doing anything. And then sometimes you'll see a guy who is less good looking, but he's got the gift of the gap, you know, and he can talk and he can command attention. And that guy is chatting and he's making people laugh and he's having a good time and he's drawing attention to him. And those guys, you know, like one of the key things that I think I learned in my own dating life was that if you don't ask, you don't get. So you may as well go and be the, be the one that asks because the girl, yes, I mean, girls may no doubt have in their mind, you know, an idea of the perfect guy, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever, you know, whoever it is. But in, at the end of the day, they also they also want to have sex with somebody. And in, in many cases, it's the guy who's there and who's made himself known and who's, you know, engaging and fun that she's going to end up going home with because because he's he's approached her and the other guy hasn't. So putting yourself into the race is as much a part of this as anything else, I think. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think pre-selection, like the, the guy I had on recently, Robbie Kramer, he talked about that's massive. If women see you with other women, Jesus Christ, even if it's a couple of like, I've gone out a couple of times with, with girls I'm friends with, who aren't even mm. that good looking. And the amount of looks I get from other women, purely because I'm with two women. And it's so much easier to open those girls. The pre-selection yeah. is massive. Um, mm. Massive. But, you know, we, we digress. We're not really sticking to what we said we were going to do, are we? Um, I always find inspiration. Have you ever read this book, by the way, out of interest, Mr. Front? I haven't actually, no. I've heard good things, but I've never read it either, so we can't comment. I bought it and then never read it. Okay, Jupiter, Moscow, St. Petersburg. I feel Moscow is more beautiful, especially at St. Basil Cathedral, and has more history. However, the Re Russian Revolution happened in, St. in Petersburg. Um, I mean, are we talking about from a tourist point of view or just from kind of dating? I think it's easier to date in, in St. Petersburg, but I think the quality yeah. of looks is lower. Um, Moscow is Moscow is capital city. There's lots of options. I mean, if even if you swipe through Tinder, which I don't recommend to actually use, but just swiping through it, you can see set your location to Moscow. You can see the quality. It's through the roof. Mm. It's another level, isn't it? Compare that to uh, yeah. you know Butlins or or Yates on a Friday night in Hull, and it's, it's although yeah. I did that as a joke, and apparently there's some absolutely worldies in Hull at the moment. I think Tinder yeah. is tricky. Well, it's, I think I feel Tinder is tricking me with its algorithm because there were apparently a load of worldies or when I when I set my location to Scunthorpe and Hull, and I was like, fucking bullshit, there is absolutely <laughs> bullshit. Fantastic. Have you been to um, Have you been to Newcastle? Uh, I haven't, but I've heard it's a really good night out. Love to go out in Newcastle. That looks like I mean, for just for the for the crack as opposed to for anything else. But uh, we could always like buy a broken down van and then tour around um, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good idea we could cook baked beans at the start of the boot camp and finish with an egg McMuffin at the end um, if anyone wants to join the bang bus please all aboard get Absolutely. in touch and we'll, we'll load you on yeah um, but um, just on St Petersburg and Moscow I like them both but I like them for different reasons um, I think that okay. you're I think that St Pete is um, very good for dating it's a bit more Feels a little bit more cultural in a way. Um, it, there's, there's a, like you say, more European. You've also got that fantastic, what's it called, Nevsky Prospect, that fantastic shopping street where sure. you can go down. And that's where a lot of the people, you know, the day game guys do their day game and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot of fun. But I also like Moscow. And Moscow is more high end. There's a lot, there's more money there. It's more fancy. Obviously, you've got all the government buildings there. So there's this sense of, 
things happening, you know, the center of power and everything. And of, of course, all of the history. So, and, and very beautiful women. And of course, it's a lot bigger as well, isn't it? I, I, the population is, is it 12 million or something? It's massive. So there's... there's just, well. I, 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 I think probably what we'll end up doing is probably doing, probably even if we don't run it as a... They're down as four-day boot camps currently, Thursday, Sunday, oh, but yeah. if the demand's there, it may be worth just extending it to at least a week in Moscow because it's such a big city. There's so much to see. Yeah. But it may be worth doing it as a week-long boot camp. Yeah. And maybe Sochi, maybe all of them, to be honest, just because they're such big places. Yeah. So we'll see what the demand is like. Again, we'll, we'll put out proper promos for this as we go, guys. But first come, first serve, as it stands, we'll, me and Troy will take four in each location. We have a couple signed up in each location. So get in touch. Uh, if you'd like to discuss Russia, it is one of a kind uh, in mm. terms of if you really want to play in the high leagues, the Champions League of, you're going to see some of the hottest girls in existence, genuinely in existence. The two places for me are Venezuela and Russia and Ukraine. You could probably class alongside that. And they are mm. honestly head and shoulders above anything else. There's nothing comparable. Um, the crowns mm. of the there. You're not going to see, it, see anything like it. Um, what else? Skyscanner has that map. Thank you for that. Where you can I see every... that, that website, by the way. Oh, should I bang it onto the, the chat so you guys can see it? Or should I yeah, can it's, it's Wanderlust. It's, um, it's got a quite good write-up for uh, getting into destinations. What is Wanderlust? Because that, that name rings a bell. Is it like a travel website? I'm not really, I think it's just a travel website, I think. Um, I only found it because of this particular link. So I don't know much beyond that, but I found it quite useful. We will, we will, it's below guys in the chat. So if you need something there, put it up. Um, yes, that is correct. Russia does have proper seasons. It is hot in summer. So this is going to be a question that's going to come up time and time again when we take people there. How much do we need, do guys need to be learning Russian to come and train with us in Russia? Well, my Russian is um, absolutely non-existent. So I would say that, that you don't. I mean, in my experience, um, most of certainly the younger people that you're talking to, you know, the younger women that you're talking to are going to know uh, enough English that you can you can get by. That's certainly been my experience. I mean, you know, yes, if you're going to be there for an extended period of time and you wanted to really get involved with the culture and stuff, you might want to look at learning Russian. But but for the purposes of what we're doing, I, I don't. It's it's not necessary. That would be my answer. It's not necessary. I think what I'm going to do is have a go this year and have a real think about Russia as a place because if I make my decision to be that back there frequently uh, for the next few years, then I will make a concerted effort to become conversational in Russian, which will take about. I think uh, it'd be useful. I think it'd definitely be a useful thing to do, but certainly if you're going to be spending more more time there, I think if you're just sort of you're there for the for the for a vacation or you're there to do a boot camp, um, there are enough women there. But certainly of the certainly of the kind of demographic that we are concerned with. I mean, yes, if you're trying to talk to an old babushka in a shop or something, that's going to be perhaps more tricky. But you oh, know. <laughs> and, and listen you know and listen a, 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 a plus one's a plus one so you know whatever but um but certainly in the sort of demographic that we're mainly talking about um that it, it's not really a problem you can also have a bit of fun with using google translate and things like this as well i remember the first time actually i went to moscow was in 2012 i think it's a little while ago now and right. it has changed a bit since then actually but i went over there and there was seemed to be at the time very few signs in english there was very and um 
I was there with a mate and we were talking to girls and we were using Google Translate. Like we were saying really cheesy things into Google Translate and then holding it up to them and they were like laughing and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so you can kind of get, you can do that as well. Um, or just like yeah. the international language of love. I think, I think I agree with you completely. When I went to St. Petersburg and Moscow, I had no issues just speaking English. Um, essentially what happens is the girls that do want to speak English and do want to meet a Westerner filter themselves in. And the ones that really don't filter themselves out. And again, the only limiting uh, factor is the amount you approach, really. But you will find women that speak English or want to practice English. And mm. you can use Google Translate as well. Matthew Munn says, great content. As always, I live close to London Bridge. Very tempted by the boot camp, which bars are going to reckon boot camp takes their first dates. Um, I mean, we can discuss where your first date venue will be if you come on the boot camp. But as always, put the dates as close to your house as humanly possible. Long COVID is more in the mind than in the body. God, there's so much random COVID chat. Um, what else we got here? Da, 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 da. When is the British shoe going to party in Asia? In November, I will be in Thailand doing some kickboxing. I'd love to hear Tuss speaking some Russian. Privia, Dasvidanya, Nastorovia, Mr. Facebook user. Um, Captain Mark Zono. Russian isn't that difficult. Well, we're to do it with Pimza. That clears up nonsensical question time for the last 20 minutes. So back to what we were actually talking about with the travel stuff. What else? Is there anything else we want to cover, Troy, that's uh, going to be useful for guys or that you have in your brain? We've um, got how travel you know, helps you not only pull while you're overseas, but positively impacts your mood. Okay, we kind of cover that. Well, um, because you te obviously you teach a lot of boot camps internationally, don't you? You get guys from Britain and America and everything else. And they're coming over and they're having an amazing time in that location. Mm. But it's also affecting them when they go back, isn't it? And as I say, I, I think it's something to do with you sometimes need a bit of a top up, but it but you you just get when you go into a different culture and people react to you differently, mm. then it encourages you to maybe shed some of your inhibitions and you carry that back with you so i often find in the first week or so after i've been on a you know i've been on a trip or i've been on a vacation or something coming back to london or the, you know my usual location i'm just different with people and people then react to me differently and mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of value in that isn't there i think so it's not just come to mexico and you know meet some girls there and that's going to be great and then come home and it's over it has this knock-on effect, right? And the same thing will be true with Russia as well. Yeah, you just become more more intelligent as a human being because you've discovered there's a big fucking wide world out there and it's not just your small little routine bubble you're in. So it broadens your horizons for sure. Um, that momentum carries forward. I agree completely with you on that front as well. What, um, what about, um, what would you say about getting over or, or sort of dealing with... Um, difficult things in life, like say breakups and things like this, would you say that travel is a good way to, to sort of counter things like that? Or is that like effectively running away from your problems? To kind of That's a good question. I think travel can be on a macro level problem running away from, uh, but I also think you can kind of find yourself a bit because you are on your own and you realize, fuck, okay, I'm in a big wide world. There's nowhere to hide. I can't hide behind friends or, or watching Netflix and not really addressing the problems in my life. Um, yeah. I personally think if you do break up with someone, I think the best thing you can do is travel. I think the worst thing you can do is sit in your room with a box of Kleenex, listening to Lana Del Rey on repeat, um, <laughs> <cracking out laughs> and shandy, 
which I know most guys, that's the temptation, is to curl up like a hedgehog, isn't it, and go into yourself and have a good old moan. That's fine for a day. No one's saying don't shed a tear. The time's gone by. But I think the important thing is, yeah, traveling takes you right out of that because it's this um, concoction of new experiences, new feelings, new sensations, especially if you know people in other places. You know, whenever I've broken up with a girl previously, I get on a plane and just fuck off and jet around different spots where I have guys in the city who can show me around, have a blast, go out, have some fun, do a bit of day game, go on some new dates. doesn't have to be serious. You know, it's going to take you some time to get over the the ex in, in some format. They've been a part of your life. It's essentially ripping that away from your life, changes, changes pain in some circumstances. But no, best thing you can do, I think, personally, if you break up with someone is travel. 100%. I can't see how sitting there thinking about things is going to be beneficial. You need to be going out and, and doing stuff, I think, replacing feelings of inadequacy and pain with, with positive feelings of exploring yourself again, realizing that, okay, tech pain is temporary, but we don't have that long. Like, I'm sorry, there are other human beings out there, probably better looking, probably that you're going to get on better with. It's merely the fact that it's become part of you as a routine. Um, and it's in, in, and she's ingrained herself into your lifestyle that that, that change causes a bit of discomfort there. Uh, if that makes yeah, sense. because when you travel, there is a sense of um, changing the context, changing the context of, of the parameters of your thinking, isn't there? Actually, Gary Oldman, the actor, had a great quote years ago. He said, when something bad happens to you, go somewhere that's bigger than yourself. And he talked about going to New York City, because I suppose when you go to New York, it's so big, it's massive population, it's it, 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 it sort of it sort of takes you out of yourself, but it's like you said, there's, there's a lot of value to be had in realizing that there's a big world out there, you know, because it's very easy when you're sat in your bedroom and even in a big city like London, you know, you're, um, you're set in your ways. There are certain places that you go to certain people that you see, and you're, it's very easy to sort of start thinking in a, in a funny way that that's the entire world, you know? And when you just go completely out of that, it just blows it all open. And that I think is a positive thing. Completely agree, and and we completely underestimate how important it is just to speak to other human beings constantly throughout life, whether they're serving yeah. you, coffee, whether they just like me just did 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 my PCR test. She's like, where have you been? I was starting to talk to her about stuff. It wasn't anything sexual. It was just like, oh, cool, okay. Whether it was speaking to the person serving me my next coffee after that, if you go out and you're sociable with other human beings, you feel fucking good. You just yeah. feel good. There's no, there's no replacing that. And even if you are a bit painful and a bit like down the dumps because you've broken up with someone, if you're out there socializing with other people, you feel better for it. That's the best remedy for that. The worst remedy is sitting there doing nothing, eating yourself up because we all know how negative the human brain can be and how self-destructive and chaotic and how much we want to watch ourselves burn, we can be. So the way to take yourself out of that is jump into the present, I guess, by actually speaking to humans. By speaking to other people, you have to be present, don't you? So yeah. when you live present when you're not thinking about the past or worrying about the future there's nothing really to be stressed about it's kind of a miniature version of the power of now where yeah. you just not thinking about it some sort of meditation some sort of headspace version of of being sociable yeah yeah absolutely and it just getting stuck in your very small insular world is not good i think and then you you go out of that and you go to different places where people's reality is people live differently people's reality is different and it just, I mean, listen, man, we could start getting the old, you know, yeah, man, it expands the mind. Um, but it does, doesn't it? It does, in a, in a very real way. 
It definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, we had it on a kind of minor level when we were traveling a bit in, uh, we were in kind of paradise. Uh, me, Sat, Fluid Social, so I'm another guy in on the yeah. Brazilian coast. And it was, uh, we were worrying about something minor, like uh, the dates of flake that day or something. But we went out and it was, um, we went down to the ocean, crash, big crashing waves, you know, it was dark, there was a full moon, and you look up at the sky and there's just thousands of stars, brightly lit sky, and it's almost like that, that new book coming out from Robert Greene, that kind mm. of title, Taste of the Sublime, where you just realise how small and insignificant you are in the grand scheme of life, but how actually brilliant that is, because your, your fears and insecurities and these self-imposed kind of problems on yourself, on your individual self, melt away. And you're just like, fuck, it's not really that big a deal, is it? Um, yeah. It just isn't, yeah. you know, it's all self-created pressure because no yeah. one really talk about your life. You know, they don't. We're all worrying about ourselves, right? So any yeah. any problem you have with, with kind of introspection and, and thinking on too insular level, that's something you can solve on a personal level by pushing yourself out of that comfort zone, putting yourself in some sort of flow state, which is usually a combination of being out of the comfort zone, um, engaged in something where you have a singular focus, i.e. when you travel, and you land in a new place, you're not worrying about anything other than, okay, where is my Airbnb? Okay, which way to get to the gym? Okay, shit, where is that bar I'm going to go and meet that guy at? So, yeah, yeah. Travel, travel is brilliant. The, um, the best uh, thing you can do as a man, I think, is travel. I genuinely think, obviously, we're talking about self-improvement, fitness, and fashion, and all that stuff, but I really think travel the world and just figure out what you like in life. You're going to learn so much yeah. about other people um, but also yourself by, by going through that process. Um, you've got to figure out whether you want to travel alone or with people. Some yeah. people have different things. I don't know, Troy, what, if you have a preference for being on your own or, or with people when you travel. Either way, really. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I, I like my own space. I've done a lot of solo travel, but, um, but equally, it's good. It's certainly good to have people that you're, even if you're not necessarily staying in the same place as them, it's good to have people that are there, you know, in the same city so you can meet up, you can, you know, Go out together, have fun together, whatever, right? So yeah, that's um, my favourite as well. Like not necessarily staying with someone. I like my own space now as well. I've got a bit yeah. older, but I like having people in the in the city that I can yeah. kind of meet with and do my own thing with. Yeah, that's a cool thing. How much? Um, sorry, how go much, ahead. How much travelling did you do before you started doing this professionally? Were you very well travelled before you got into this full time? I'd always had probably three or four holidays a year where I go somewhere new. But yeah. no, really, the bulk of my traveling has been the last four years when I went full time with this, just going from place to place to place to place. Right. Yeah. So it, it's become a lifestyle, and it becomes very addictive, actually. And you start to fall in love yeah. with it because you're on a plane, you're like new place, you know, you find your Airbnb, you get out, yeah. it's a bit of an adventure, you start doing some approaching. Yeah. Did it's you ever? Fun. Would you say that any? Um, did you ever have any nervousness about going to some places where it? it People might say, oh, it's going to be a bit dangerous or whatever. And has that now reduced because you've just been to like a bunch of places so it becomes easier? It was more just the fear and inertia of traveling alone. I remember getting here to uh, capital of Macedonia, Skopje, on my own right back in the day. It was one of the first trips I did. And I just arrived on my own, dumped my stuff. It was pissing it with rain. It looked like a horrible, dark Soviet city. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck am I up to? Quite frankly. Um, I walked out for a bit and I was just like walking around like a motorway. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I didn't know anyone there. But what it did was I forced myself out, met some people and then had a blast, like kind of going out with them, but not staying in the same place. So you, you And you realize how many other people are in the same boat. 
So again, it's that old Robert Green thing of control your attitude. Um, yeah. And that, that allows you to control your circumstances because you can view it any which way, can't you? You can yeah. view it as a powering, powering free thing or you can view it as, oh, fuck my life, this is so depressing. So it's it's really yeah. down to you again and how you view it all. I mean, the, the yeah. city is just an objective piece of collection of buildings and, and people, isn't it? It's about how you yeah. view it. And so, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people who travel perhaps who do this kind of thing or they travel a lot they there is sometimes you do get that existential crisis you know it's a dark wednesday night and you're like what what the, you know what the hell am i doing sort of thing but you have to then look, learn to see the beauty in it you know and it's like you say you can flip nothing is good or bad it all comes down to how we see it right and you know i've been here in berlin and there's been times i've been here and actually been pretty miserable because of something that was happening or whatever and there's other times you walk around and think, this is awesome, this is fantastic. You know, there's this real buzz to the place. It's the same place, it hasn't changed. It's just the way that I view it. It's all about perspective. And and if you, the thing that I fall back back on, the two mindsets I always fall back on are the, the Jocko Willink, the good video, where he talks about reframing everything to the positive. And also just as that kind of premise in life, to challenge yourself as a man. Can I do that extra rep in the gym? Can I do that extra approach in the street? Can I get on a fucking plane to Beirut on my own? And, and go in and, and make make most of it. And, and if you come with that mindset of not trying to stay in that comfort bubble and, oh, woe me, but actually I'm, I'm going to challenge myself, I'm going to accept this uncomfortableness and make the most of it, that's when it sh when when shit happens, you know, in a mm. good way. So challenge yourself. That's the point in life, isn't it? Because we're not going to die from, from lack of food. We're very lucky. We're born, you know, middle-class white guys. We're not, we're not going to die from lack of food. We don't have to hunt for animals. We're, we're probably, touch wood, not going to die of some horrible disease early because we, we live in a, a time where there's medication for pretty much everything. Mm. Um, we have to seek out challenge. The reason we feel bored and just that kind of existential feeling of fucking hell, is this all it's about? Is because we don't challenge ourselves. We set the bar mm. too low, I yeah. think. And it's mm. something that I have to remind myself on, on a daily basis, on a micro level, every fucking day, multiple yeah. times a day. And on a macro level, living, you know, challenging myself, mapping out what I want and going after it unrelentlessly. Oh, unrelentingly. Yes. Because um, it's so easy to fall into that trap of, oh, it's just all, it's all good, baby. And you're just cruising yeah. through. Nothing ever fun came of just cruising through life, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. wins the old SAS motto. James, how are you getting on with the knowledge? All right, mate. Yeah, they're all stealing our fucking jobs, aren't they, son? If it all goes wrong, I could end up as a black cab driver. That'd be quite fun. <laughs> you know, not even maybe the fake taxi version. That'd be even better. <laughs> Quickest route from. Uh, well, I know this guy. Have you ever seen any? Have you ever seen any of the? Um, I've done some streams with a guy called Sterling Cooper, who is actually a professional porn star, and he right. has been in. Um, what's he called? He's been in the taxi thing. He's been in the whatever. Exactly. Yeah, he's actually been in fake taxis, which is um, That's hilarious. A is, it in, is it set in London? He was talking about it in um, it was either Budapest or Prague, actually, because you know, over in those places, they have quite a big industry, apparently. Um, so, uh, but the guys who who do it are British, I think. The guys who have the operation are British, and they've set up in one of those places, from what he was telling me. Nice. Super interesting. Good stuff. We digress. Anything else to cover? Um, I think that's 
probably about everything we had on the, the list, wasn't it, for the time being? I mean, the only other thing I was going to say, with uh, circling back to the beginning, with all of these COVID regulations and stuff like that, I mean, yes, it's a pain. And yes, I share Tusk's um, reluctance to go back to the UK again, what with all of the hoops they're making us jump through in, in that particular country. But at the same time, it's not insurmountable. I think that's the other thing to say. You know, you can still get around. There are still people traveling. I mean, the flight that I was on from London to, to Berlin was pretty much full. You know, I don't know what all those people were doing or what their like reason for travel was, but it was, it was kind of full, you know? So people are still getting around and you can do this. And hopefully, we're, as I say, we're going to start to see this easing off anyway as we go further into the summer. But you can still do stuff. You really can. You know, you've just got to – it just takes a little bit more planning, a little bit more work. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes a little bit more cash as well because you, you might need to get tests and things. But, um, you know, it's still possible to get around out there. So don't fall into the idea that it isn't because that's not the case. Yeah, and I think you're going to have to push yourselves a bit as well. If you have been sitting at home for, you know, let's take London people in a lockdown for the last year almost, your natural, you know, we are the sum of our habits, so your natural inclination now is to be kind of comfort zone. Oh, it's all good. I'll just chill in London for the summer. It's like, yeah, that's great. Come and join us on the London boot camp if you need a kick. But don't like, don't get put off the idea of traveling. Like if you used to like to travel or you like the idea of traveling pre-corona because you just accept naturally you're going to be a bit more fearful now. You've listened to fuck knows how much negative media. I can, I've been in Mexico. I've been in Brazil. I spent the last five months there. I can confirm there are not people dying in the street. I was yeah. not stepping with the corpses, um, you know, with small Mexican hats and burritos on. Um, it, it's nonsense. Like, the media do have a habit of piping stuff up. Why? Because, you know, people love negativity and drama. It's addictive, right? It's the same reason if you sit around bitching about stuff, it's actually you get a... And an oxytocin, an endorphin release, because it's fun to do. So you just bear in mind that you're going to be a bit more scared. Your comfort zone will have reduced in. You know, you're going to have to. It's not going to feel nice to break out of that and book a flight away because you're going to be scared. Like I, someone came out recently to see me in Mexico, and um, I got an internal flight with them. And I could see they're visibly shaking uh, mm. because they're basically taking like strong painkillers to get a strong tranquilizer to get on the flight. So they knock themselves out entirely because they're so scared of it. But they were shaking. I was like, what's wrong? And they were like, I haven't, I haven't traveled in like, thank you here. I'm really nervous. Like, what, what, what's yeah. going on? Expect feelings of extreme discomfort from trying to crack out of what the, what, what you've been locked into for a year or so. It's normal, well, but over time it realize it's only temporary. I mean, there are, when you look at some of these polls um, in the UK in particular, you see people saying, you know, will you travel this year? And there are, there's like a lot of people saying, oh, no, I'm, I won't travel. I'll just stay in Britain this year. And I would imagine, to be honest, I mean, I don't know how the ages break down, the demographics break down. I would imagine, to be honest, that probably the majority of the people who are watching this, you know, you guys watching this, you're probably not in that category of people who are saying that. But, um, you know, clearly there are, there are people who are put off the idea of travel for whatever reason. But that seems to me to be, I don't want to say crazy, but I mean, we are now in a much better position with this thing than we were a year ago or a year and a half ago, you know, last March, right? And to, to sort of not take the opportunities that you've got starting to present themselves for another year or, you know, until 2022 or something just seems to me to be a waste really, you know, 
I think now is the time to be starting to to go out there and to to explore again, you know, to start to take advantage of the fact that, I mean, obviously not in every country, there's there's some bad things happening in um, India and other places, but um, certainly in, in Europe, you know, things are starting to, to pick up. Things are starting to get, you know, some degree of normality, hopefully starting to return. We want to take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, completely. I mean, I, it goes without saying, I know, Sound like a broken fucking. I should, I should work for a funeral home. The amount to talk about death, but yeah, <laughs> so many people I know they're just kind of waiting for someone to something to happen in their life. Oh, it's all good, baby. I'm going to walk out one day and I'm just going to be dating that dream girl. Or yeah, it's fine. You know, I'll deal with the travel in two or three years. What happens if you're not here in two or three years? You know, yeah. there's, there's no guarantee of any of this continuing. You know, even, I know it sounds ridiculous to say, and the chances are the world will keep spinning, but. There's no, nothing to guarantee the world doesn't explode tomorrow and we're all wiped out. People mm. live lives, um, you're living, people live in this kind of dream reality bubble where everything is just safe and dandy and cozy. I'm not trying to make it out like everything's doom and gloom, but I'm trying to make people aware of, of the fact and remember that. There's no guarantees in life of anything. Yeah. You, you might go down to the doctor for a routine check for a PCR test in, in three days' time and, and they say, oh, by the way, you've got bowel cancer. Because, you know, <clears throat> you just don't know. So make the most time. I had a former student, actually, who, uh, you know, thank God, you know, he's on the recovery, but they basically gave him, he was going to come out for a boot camp and he'd been putting it off for two years. And then he messaged me for the boot camp, he was like a few, uh, few weeks before the boot camp he was supposed to come out to. And he was like, yeah, I've been, give, I've been diagnosed with terminal bowel cancer. And I was like, what? But he'd been putting it off for two years, right? So we never know when this journey is going to end. All we know is it will end. And all we have between this and the grave is a series of the best possible experiences we can have. So yeah. if that falls in line with traveling, if that falls in line with dating very beautiful, attractive women, connecting with human beings on a, on a, on a holistic, emotional, and sexual level, and you need help with learning that stuff, which all of us do, you can get in touch with us and, and come and join the ride, you know, while the ride's mm. still going, um, is all I can say. Um, mm. We were going to add on some, some everyone loves failure stories and all that nonsense, so... Any funny travel travel stories, uh, Troy? Success, failure, or otherwise you can think of? Um, there was one time in uh, there was one time in Moscow when I um, I went I walked into the club and I just almost immediately just started dancing with this like like I held my hand out. I did the old dance floor game. Held my hand out, and this girl, very very cute brunette girl, nice little mini dress on, whatever took my hand and I'm spinning around and blah, blah, blah. And it was very, very quick, very, very quick. And we started making out and, you know, whatever. Um, and one thing led to another. And I, we decided to go to the, um, the restrooms together uh, to take a little bit of uh, intimate time out from the dance floor. So we go to the, these restrooms together. It was, a, it was a unisex bathroom. And so right. we went in and there is a... Um, uh, so we went into one of the cubicles. Anyway, so we're in the cubicle, kind of making out, whatever. And suddenly there's this hammering on the door. And I was like, oh, damn, is that like somebody else, you know, wants to, saw us going in or wants to go in or whatever. And, the hammer, and I was like, oh, shut up, you know, and the hammering just continued. So I was like, oh, oh shit, okay. Um, so I had, to, I had to open the door. And I opened the door and there was literally this seven foot um, Russian bouncer staring down at me in disgust. And this guy looked like he was former... I don't know, what's it, the, the KGB, the FCS or whatever, that, you know, the, uh, they're called now. Um, and um, it was a pretty hairy situation. He just looked at me with this look of disgust. And he said, you get out. 
and he threw both of us out. But it kind of ended happily because then we there was nowhere else to go, so we had to go back to the hotel. So, oh, yeah, ended, ended very well. I'm trying to think yes. of where I've got horrendous failures. I mean, I've got so many failure stories. Um, any any really good ones that stand out? Um, what about you? Didn't you have a gun pulled on you? Oh, that old chestnut in Colombia. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was in a bad, bad part of town. Santa Fe in Bogota, drunk, hitting on a girl. I shouldn't have been hitting on a bad girl. And this guy came up to me. He's like, hi, mate. Don't speak to her. She's a bad girl. And at that moment, the, the girl's boyfriend came into the bar. And I just saw this look. at he's, He kind of looked around. He saw me with her. And I just saw this look of, I can only describe it as real evil mixed with anger and he walked straight up to me and just pulled a gun out put it to my hand and pulled the trigger and it didn't work and i don't know whether it was a replica or a real gun that malfunctioned i mean it looked fucking real as far as i could see and it felt fucking it was cold gun metal it felt real anyway yeah. i was like that's my cue to fucking leave got obviously left went back ran ran back to jumps in a cab went back to my hotel and then kind of woke up four in the morning like oh what the fuck just happened right. um that wasn't a good one um, but you know, I blame myself for putting myself in that circumstance. That was the old shadow side coming out. I wanted to kind of yes. watch the world burn, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't good. And the other time was in in Rio with the silver fox. He mm. got absolutely mashed off his tits and left me with a bill in a strip club in in Copacabana. Well, mm. he left himself with a bill. I mean, we were separate people, right? So they were like, "You owe seventy dollars or something like that." I was like, "No, yeah. I don't owe you seventy dollars. He owed you seventy dollars. I'm not his patron." I'm not his uh, helping him with the bill. And at that point, the guy was like, oh, okay. I did this kind of like, no problem face. Reached behind, which looked, he looked, looked like he was reaching for a phone to make a call, but reached behind the phone on the desk and actually just pulled out a fucking machete and just charged <laughs> towards me. And I fucking legged it out. And it was literally him charging down the street with a fucking machete. Quickly <laughs> signaled the car, jumped in, whoosh, and then just charged off into the into the night. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's well. Yeah, I mean, look, there's only two times where I've actually been in fear, fear of my life, despite being to many a sketchy place, actually. But the most, yeah. the most place I have most fear for is Mexico. And it, it seems like a strange one because I know it's visited by a lot of Americans each year. And I've been to places, you know, that, that a lot of Americans, especially if you look at the travel advisory in America, they make it out to be Colombia and Brazil are the worst. But the reason I fear Mexico is A, the stories I've heard from people that live there that kind of know mm. the place, and B, the fact it is run, the entire country is run by organized crime. Mm. If you fuck up, you are done. There is yeah. no, it's not, you know, you might get unlucky, lucky, walk into a favela in Brazil and they like take a knife to you or something or rob you and it goes wrong. But it's a bit more higgledy biggledy. There's no real organization to it. Same in Colombia these days, it's not too organized the main cartel activity is in Mexico. And there was all sorts of stories. I mean, I became quite good friends with a owner of a, a French guy, owner of a hotel in Plata Carmen. I used to drink in his bar a lot. And he was saying, yeah. I met a guy in there who, who was a businessman who frequented Plata Carmen. And he was telling me about how he came over and there was a bit of a rogue cop that shook, shook, shook him down, basically just, you know, late night on his own on the street came up to him where I, you know, had his gut, showed him his gun, was like, give me your phone, wallet. The guy obviously did it. The, the cop goes off. The next day, the cop's hanging from a tree and the guy's possessions have been returned to his hotel. And the guy <laughs> hadn't even told anyone where he's fucking staying, right? Jeez. The cartel, the seven cartels there, they have complete control of the place. They know everything that goes on. 
They want to protect the tourism trade because they're selling drugs to people there. They've got a mother working in a laundrette or a brother running a restaurant, whatever. And also they want to bring in lots of tourists to sell the drugs to. So they don't stand for the, the police interfering. So well, that was, the guy was shit, he was scared of it just because he's like, I can't believe they knew where I fucking lived. I didn't say a word to anyone. So that's scary. They're watching. They're constantly watching. And there were a few stories they said where he was like, yeah, the guy, a guy's accidentally hit on the wrong girl and he's, you know, his head's on a skewer. You know, he works for the cartel. And the police don't do anything. Of course. No one does anything. You know, yeah. the whole the whole thing is that the cartels run the country in Mexico. They don't have any doubt of that. So the reason we took kind of took down a load of content, lent me and Les filming in Florida Carmen, where we were just like, okay, while we're here, that's not that's not over yeah. the proposal pudding. Um, let's yeah. wait till we're out of Mexico, or at least out of Florida Carmen. So on that note, there will be lots of infill footage coming out uh, of us, us in Mexico as we're safely out of Mexico. Mm. We don't There's loads left now. Is he out of Mexico now? Les is in Guadalajara. So if anyone's watching this and fancies a session with Les, he's there for another two weeks. Guadalajara is a brilliant place to learn game. Women are very friendly. Big gringo factor there. Um, not many tourists there. Not many people approaching. There's some hot women. Know the place well. I just spent the last, my last week detoxing before I flew back to the UK in uh, Mexico City, which historically I hadn't liked. But I stayed in the rich area called Polanco, which is kind of like the Mayfair or the Manhattan, if mm. you're going from the York perspective. And you know what? The talent there is fucking through the roof. Some mm. very, very good-looking girls. Uh, if you know where to go, some very high-end restaurants, very safe, really, really cool place. That to the to, to the degree where I'm thinking about living there for three months next year, it's that good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. You know, really, really nice. cool place. Nice. Well, we, should, we need to do the Venezuela boot camp as well, don't we? Venezuela away, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in, uh, in probably after carnival next year. We're going to have our armed guard. We're going to be filming it. I was thinking about actually sneak going through the Amazon to get there. So you can go up to the north of Brazil, go through the unknowns of French Guyana and Suriname, which would be sick just to vlog it just because no one knows what the fuck it looks like. Mm. We go through there and then we enter Argent uh, Venezuela through the back door, which could be an amazing one. Um, mm. And then we see how long it's their life for. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. This is like Mark Zolo-esque um, territory, isn't it, really? He would be very proud. We can maybe take it like a miniature version of him on a keychain as like a kind of a <laughs> as a Mexican pirate. Yeah. Uh, how was how was Mr. Napier's chat with Sam yesterday? I saw they did a collaboration. Did you watch any of that? Uh, not yet, unfortunately, because I've been sort of out and about a little bit. But uh, I will okay. catch up with it. Cool. Um, any success stories, final success stories you, you, you care to share about traveling or any any standout memories, I guess, from, from time on the road? Because what we really want to do is encourage guys to think, because what I did for a long time was learning this stuff in London, thinking it was kind of cheating. If I went outside of London and, and went on trips to day game, I was like, no, like, it's got to be pure. From I've got to pick her up from Oxford Street. It's got to be day game. It's the purest way. And it just sounds so ridiculous in hindsight, me saying that, because the best experience I've ever had have been the last three or four years traveling around the globe. Coolest people I've met, hottest girls I've dated, best stories I've had have all been from traveling. Um, but was there any, any particular times that stood out to you as like kind of epiphany moments or just cool places you went that you remember back? It's like that kind of halcyon, halcyon days mentality of, oh, those were the days. What a trip that was. Um, I suppose... Um 
I mean, that time I went to Russia was pretty good. I mean, and, and also as well, St. Peter, when I went to St. Petersburg um, for the first time, I ended up meeting someone and, you know, we went out for a coffee in the afternoon and we had a good time and then, you know, came back to, to the apartment. And um, so this this sort of um, idea that in Russia, everything takes a very long time is not necessarily true. Um, where did it come from? Like, but, I had many a one might stand in, in yeah, St. Petersburg. But then after that, um, I was still there for another couple of days. And, you know, she, we went to some really cool places. She took me to some cool, really cool underground places that I wouldn't have known about otherwise, wouldn't have been to otherwise. Um, and it, it's just things like that. You know, you look back on those memories and you think that was, you know, you were there on your own. You kind of made this thing happen out of nowhere. And, you know, it's, it's connecting with other people, it's connecting with other human beings on a very fundamental level. And that there's something really just fantastic about that that I think everybody should experience. Especially different, different culture as well, because it's like, you know, it's not like connecting with somebody in Wigan, you know, it's like connecting with somebody in a really kind of exotic place in a very different culture from your own and really incredible, really incredible stuff. Although that could be viral up north if we had an infield going connecting with a girl from Wigan. And if I had such like, you know, girl in a rugby, in a Wigan Warriors, like, you know, rugby yeah. shirt. Um, yeah, easy. well, you know, I'd, I'd definitely be up for doing the um, for doing the Newcastle. You know, it's a bit of a northern tour, like the Newcastle. Uh, I think Newcastle would be a lot of fun. It looks it looks good from uh, Geordie Shaw, anyway. It would, but Venezuela would probably be more fun. So it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Well, yeah. About the, about the same level of danger. Probably, yeah. We've got Mr. Mark Zolo. If we could bring up old naughty nomad along for the ride next. Uh, Next next February March that'd be cool if we had all three of us there vlogging it that'd be very very funny. Obviously, yeah. Mark, you'd be dressed as a pirate, a Mexican yes. pirate for no reason. Especially, um, especially if we all get killed on camera. Can you imagine like the views? I mean, yeah. If we've got life insurance and then someone has like a kind, of, there's a beneficiary name on the account for like YouTube. They'd, they'd actually be very rich men, wouldn't they? Yes, so that yeah. would be potential. Um, so yeah, guys, there you have it. Me and Mr. Francis talking nonsense, avoiding talking about everything that we said we were going to talk about as usual, because the questions have come through thick and fast. Um, but yeah, just a quick reminder, if you would like to train with us, we're running a fucking super cool boot camp all day game, five hours a day, Thursday, the 20th, Friday, 21st, Saturday, 22nd, Sunday, 23rd, 20 hours day game, all in field. We're running you through the basics, smashing it. We've got five guys signed up. We're going to take another two. Another really cool guy called Jerome is helping out. Another guy called Martin from daygame.com will be helping out. So four trainers, that's going to be great. And then the whole of Russia, me and Troy, will be charging around Moscow, St. Petersburg and Sochi in, well, not with Putin, maybe near where Putin lives, um, but in Russia. And it's going to be an absolute blast. I cannot wait for that. So if you'd like to get in touch, info at jamesfuss.com, we will get you on the phone and we will give you the opportunity to come and join us for some nonsensical nonsery. Any concluding thoughts, Mr. Trop, Mr. Francis? Only to say that if they want to drop me an email as well, you can get me yes. at Troy at realtroyfrancis.com. Troy at realtroyfrancis.com. And the other yeah. place I, think I would like to do, if we if we get if we decide if the if the wind takes us there, is we could hop off to one of the stands. I know you commented yeah. on that yesterday. I'd love to do yeah. that. You know, go to the fucking capital of Armenia or go to yeah. Kazakhstan or yeah. 
There's Uzbekistan as well, isn't there? As, I, I think there was one called Kyrgyzstan. I met this very cool guy called Ryan uh, in, Brazil, in Brazil and he spent some time out there. And he said it's absolutely hilarious. You go out for nights out in like these big tents and mm. everyone is actually like five foot tall. He's like a six foot three uh, Irish American lad. And he said he was like, they'd stand in the, the middle of the club, they'd have table service. And all these other guys, the locals, they'd be the only Westerners in there. All these other guys get super pissed off with them. And what would happen is every so often, you'd just see, uh, you wouldn't be able to see the guys beneath the table, but occasionally someone would jump up and just put a cigarette butt in your drink. They'd just pop up out of nowhere and dump a cigarette butt in your drink to say that like, I'm disgusted with you being here. So he's like, fuck this, you know, they're getting attacked from all sides. So the next night they went in, they recruited a couple of harder looking ones who are about five foot tall. And they were like the guardians of the table. They just paid for their drinks. And then other guys trying to put cigarette butts in their drink got fended off by the other locals. So <laughs> it was just fucking ridiculous. And everyone's wearing like the traditional headgear, like you see. In <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Like, Fantastic. I'd love, I'd love uh, to go to those places because, um, again, it's sort of off the beaten track, isn't it? You know? Um, uh, and uh, yeah, really, really fascinating for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do. If this DJI vlogging goes well, then we might just think, fuck it for the camera. Let's go over mm. there, try and pull, you know, maybe just, you know, try and train an eagle to go and day game for us or something. And they can yeah. go and pick up small, small Mongols and bring them back to the, uh, the, tro the, the, tro <laughs> the Troy and Tusk nest. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll do this again soon. But guys, get in touch for details. You have Troy's email there. I'll put it below. You have my email there. If you'd like to get in touch for London or Russia, let us know and we'll speak again soon. Good stuff. See you later.